Welcome everyone to a special edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. And you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, this is a, a special episode today as a pro wrestling legend passed away this week. Superstar Billy Graham passing away um, at the age of 79 years old. So today going to run through someone who... Um, in part because of his own doing, has become a bit of a forgotten figure in the world of professional wrestling. And we'll get into to all of that. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, I also host a general history podcast called We Had No Idea. Um, and so part of that, just like go through the, the internet, find different things. And so want to let you know that in the same way we do on We Had No Idea, uh, that you hear promos for on, on every episode here, uh, let you know the, the sources for the show. Um post-wrestling, John Pollock with a, a phenomenal um, look back at this, and ChatGPT, and I know you're a little bit worried, I have cross-referenced everything, everything in this is as factually accurate as I could possibly find, um, I didn't just put in, hey, tell me about superstar Billy Graham, and left it at that, um, but wanted to kind of experiment with it, and turns out it was right, Asked it to expand on a couple of things, and it was like, oh yeah, there's actually no real documented um, instances of that. So, did my fact-checking on it, I promise you, um, but was guided in the direction by ChatGPT. So, just full disclosure on that. But yeah, th this episode is entirely dedicated to uh, the, the life and everything that that was of superstar Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham, born as Eldridge Wayne Coleman on June 7th, 1943 in Phoenix, Arizona, is a former professional wrestler, bodybuilder, and football player. Known for his charismatic personality, impressive physique, and captivating interviews, Graham made a significant impact on the world of the uh, professional wrestling during the 1970s. He is recognized as one of the pioneering figures in the sports entertainment industry, but a lot of controversy has followed him as well. After making the transition from the Canadian Football League, where superstar Billy Graham uh, would play with the Montreal Alouettes in 1961, um, he had a tryout with the, the Calgary Stampeders, was moved to the Alouettes. Uh, he impressed with his athleticism and strength from all accounts on the field and uh, showcased his ability to overpower opponents with physicality. Uh, the CFL career was short-lived. It did give him a bit of a foundation to kind of build on. His main loves were professional wrestling and bodybuilding. And if you ever saw a picture of superstar Billy Graham, you would know that he meshed those two rather impactfully. This was uh, a man who um, had a lot of it. And we'll, we'll get into um, physique and everything a little bit later on. But when you thought of a professional wrestler in the 1970s, you think of superstar Billy Graham. He is jacked. He has the personality. And so having that professional sports background, I think kind of validated him a little bit and having that bodybuilding background gave him the body that had him stand out on the posters. Uh, 
from the the world of football, like we say, he transitions into wrestling, and part of that, and importantly for our conversations here, um, superstar Billy Graham spent time in Stampede Wrestling in Calgary. It was a relatively brief time, but he did leave an impact um, here in Calgary. In 1971, Graham made his way to Stampede Wrestling, which was operated, as you all know, by the legendary Hart family, Stu Hart specifically. During his tenure in Stampede Wrestling, Graham showed his impressive physique, um, his in-ring abilities, and captivating promos, setting himself apart from other wrestlers on the roster and not just the roster in Stampede Wrestling but the roster of anywhere at the time like he he is so close to what you see in professional wrestling today and so close to what you think of in professional wrestling in the the, the late 80s early 90s that you just kind of think oh yeah he's another pro wrestler no one was doing what he was doing at the time and if they were they weren't doing it as well as him no one had the look combined with the charisma that superstar billy graham had a whole lot of dudes were big but no one was as chiseled as uh the superstar and no one had the the way of describing things as well as the superstar while in stampede wrestling graham had some notable feuds with cowboy dan Crawford and archie the stomper goldie his matches were characterized by his power moves including his signature bear hug and his ability to work over the crowd graham's charismatic persona and unique look garnered attention from fans and further established his reputation as a rising star in the wrestling industry. He has said um, he maybe didn't learn a whole lot of holds from Stu Hart, but he learned how to get his ass kicked. Um, and any any experience that you have in Stampede Wrestling is going to be viewed as a valuable one. Um, it was a relatively short-lived stint up here in Calgary, as some of them were, right? Like, you would you would go for, at this time, you would go from territory to territory. You would go from Portland uh, down to San Francisco, maybe up to Calgary. St. Louis was a big one. Um, obviously, you had the Carolinas, and then New York is where eventually he ends up with the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. At the time, the WWF, then the WWF, and now the WWE. Um, despite his limited time in Stampede Wrestling, Graham's impact on the uh, on the promotion and his contributions to the wrestling scene in Calgary are still remembered. Graham's rise to prominence continued in the early 1970s when he signs again with the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Um, he made an immediate impact with the powerful in-ring style, incorporating strength-based moves and a combination of wrestling and weightlifting techniques. Graham's matches were often characterized by his dominating presence and impressive displays of strength. And you think of the, the New York promotion, the WWF, then the WWF, and now the WWE. Body guys have been a big thing in that territory the whole time, going from territory to national juggernaut to the $21 billion merger with the UFC that they are currently in right now. Um, when you think of them, this whole run, you think of big dudes, right? Like Bruno San Martino, big guy. Superstar Billy Graham, big guy. Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage. You take a bit of a break with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Um, but even now, Brock Lesnar, you know, like you, you have Roman Reigns ain't a small dude. The Rock wasn't a small guy. Stone Cold Steve Austin wasn't a small guy. Triple H, not a small dude. Th that has been a style that has defined the WWF. And so it almost felt like a perfect marriage with superstar Billy Graham being this former bodybuilder who could talk the man of the hour too sweet to be sour. Um, so many legendary promos 
from superstar Billy Graham. Um, and so when, when you think of the world of professional wrestling, you think, uh, and specifically the world of the WWF, you think of big guys and over-the-top promos, and superstar Billy Graham was probably the first of his kind when it came to that sort of thing. In 1977, superstar Billy Graham achieved his greatest success when he defeated the legendary Bruno Sammartino for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. This victory was Huge, as San Martino had held the title for a then-record-breaking seven years, making Graham's triumph all the more significant. Graham's victory marked a shift in the wrestling landscape as his charismatic persona and unique look resonated with a new generation of fans. Superstar Billy Graham, um, again, he just didn't look like anyone else at the time. Bruno San Martino, the, the dude could bench-press a house, but... He wasn't as cut, we'll just say that. It was not as cut up, maybe, as superstar Billy Graham was. And he also didn't have the same personality. I think he was charismatic in his own way. Um, and he he connected with fans on a more emotional level. And, quite frankly, on a more babyface level. Superstar Billy Graham was like, hey, look at these big biceps. All of you people are paying to watch me because you're, you're fat and lazy and you're stupid and you want to see what real success is like. You know, like, he, he, that sort of a fellow. And Bruno San Martino is the hardworking Italian dude from New York who came from nothing and is now representing the, the fine folks of New York in this professional wrestling endeavor. And it, if Bruno San Martino can do it, by God, anyone can do it. And Superstar Billy Graham came in and was like, hey... I'm doing it, that means no one else can do it, and no one else can do it in the way that I can do it. During his championship reign, Graham's interviews and promos became legendary. He possessed exceptional microphone skills, delivering captivating speeches that showcased his larger-than-life personality. Graham's promos were known for their intensity, captivating audiences, as he boasted about his dominance, flaunted his muscular physique, and exuded an unmatched charisma. Superstar Billy Graham held the WWF Championship for nearly 10 months before losing it to Bob Backlund in 1978. You could not get more polar opposites than Bob Backlund and Superstar Billy Graham. Bob Backlund just kind of come in, grapple you, looks like he's probably going to do your taxes before he comes in and put your neck on sideways. And, uh, like, has, instead of giant pythons, the dude's got pipe cleaners for arms. Compared, of course, to, to uh, Superstar Billy Graham, I'm sure Bob Backlund even now, could outlift me. But that's what I'm saying. Um, Graham did remain a prominent fixture in the world of professional wrestling, continuing to entertain fans with his captivating presence and engaging in high-profile feuds with notable opponents Dusty Rhodes and Ivan Koloff. But basically by 1980, he's gone. And that was one thing in reading up on all of this on superstar Billy Graham that I kind of... I, I don't know if it's take for granted or just forgot. This was a guy who worked for a few years to get to this point, reached the highest of highs, held it for better part of a year, and then two years later he was gone. Like, this was a star that burned so brightly, and for him to have the impact that he had, um, it really is quite something, considering he was really only at the top once. And for 10 months, which at the time, again, we just mentioned Bruno Sammartino, seven-year title reign, only to be topped by Bruno Sammartino and his 10-year title reign. Um, I might have my, my timelines mixed up on all of that. But either way, Bruno Sammartino held the title for a really, 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 really long time. Um, yeah, it couldn't have been another 10 years because eventually Iron Sheik comes in and then Hulk Hogan has it, and that's all in the next, like, five years. But, either way, so I have my timelines mixed up a little bit on, on that particular statement. But, um, Bruno Sammartino, seven-year championship reign, 
this isn't the 1990s where like you have three title changes on a show that this was a title change was a big deal. And so for him to have it 10 months is a relatively small amount of time. When you look at that era of professional wrestling and specifically in the WWF. And so for him to have the impact that he has and to be recognized as he was for really just a short peak again, in the grand scheme of things, is really interesting. Um, he would come back in 1982 for a series of rematches with Bob Backlund. Um, just not as superstar Billy Graham. Instead, it was a kung fu version of Graham with the, the, the mustache that you more associate him with in his later years than um, in his, his title reigns. It didn't work. Um, it... It didn't look like him. It didn't really sound like him. It, it was... Look, sometimes we talk about people reinventing themselves, and that is an absolutely positive thing and something you should try. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, however, the, the superstar that did work was an influence that extended beyond the ring. He inspired a generation of wrestlers, including Hulk Hogan, who emulated Graham's charismatic persona and muscular image. Graham's flamboyant style set the stage for the sports entertainment era, influencing the further uh, the future direction of the professional wrestling world. And that is, I think, superstar Billy Graham's biggest impact isn't necessarily what he did in the ring. Um, I mean, it, it is to a certain extent, right? But I think the biggest impact that Superstar had in the world of pro wrestling isn't so much what he did, it's what he inspired others to do. He, he kind of, he crawled so Hulk Hogan could walk. And that, that that's oversimplifying things quite a bit, and I, I think actually a little derogatory to the career of the, the Superstar or the, the run that he had. Um, but... Like Hulk Hogan and these guys just kind of took it to the next level, and he would have he would have fit in or stood out in any generation of pro wrestling. Um, but he is the one who inspired the one who really took this thing to that next level. And what we'll get to it in a couple of moments. It wasn't just the positive ways that he influenced everyone. After retiring from uh, in-ring competition in 1988, superstar Billy Graham continued to make sporadic appearances in the wrestling industry. He became an outspoken advocate for wrestlers' rights and spoke candidly about the physical toll and challenges faced by professional wrestlers. And this is where it gets interesting. Billy Graham openly admitted to using anabolic steroids during his wrestling career. We are all stunned. His massive muscular physique, which was a result of steroid use, created unrealistic body image expectations for other wrestlers. This led to a culture of steroid use within the industry, with many wrestlers feeling pressured to enhance their physiques through similar means. The prevalence of steroids in wrestling had negative consequences for performers and contributed to the ongoing debate about drug use in the industry. Um, and this is where... Superstar Billy Graham had such a huge impact in the world of professional wrestling with many professional wrestlers um, implementing his style and trying to, to emulate what he did, including take a boatload of steroids. Um, it, it, steroids was not a new thing to Superstar Billy Graham. We'll get into that in a second here. But this was the basis for the steroid trials in um, that, that faced the WWE that Superstar Billy Graham was a part of, and we'll get to that in a second, where everyone was saying, like, look, we feel we need to take these things that are kind of actively killing us if we want to further ourselves and get into these top positions. And so 
it, it becomes a real interesting kind of balancing act, but Superstar Billy Graham is certainly the, the face of it. And then it becomes a major problem for him because his health deteriorated very quickly. Um, he, uh, upon retiring, was dealing with a vascular necrosis, a deadening of the bone, with Graham constantly licking his steroid use as the culprit. A month after his WWE, uh, WWE release, he had ankle fuse, fusion surgery with his doctor stunned at how just grotesque his ankle actually was. He had also hip problems that would persist throughout, I mean, his life, basically, and was diagnosed with severe spinal stenosis. And then 1991 comes, and this is the, the steroid trial. Um, first, the, the trial of Dr. George Zahorian. And for those of you who don't know who he was, George Zahorian was the doctor assigned by the Philistate, uh, the, the Philistate, the Pennsylvania, which has Philadelphia, which is where I said Philistate in, the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission uh, to oversee WWE shows. Because at the time, hilarious as this sounds, athletic commissions were overseeing WWE shows. And so he happened to be a guy who just liked being around the pro wrestlers and liked having the pro wrestlers like him. And so because of this, he decided to get all buddy-buddy with them and become essentially a steroid pusher. Um, Graham offered testimony against Zahorian, um, and he, he grouped him as guilty of contributing to the problems uh, that Graham was facing with his health and equating Zahorian to a drug Pusher. Um, he would say that Zahorian um, had a reputation as a go-to for whatever talent was seeking to ease the pain or any other requests that he could fulfill. Uh, Zahorian was found guilty of illeg uh, illegally distributing steroids, but Graham's fight did not end with Zahorian. Graham went public as the living example of the canary in the coal mine to the ills of the steroid abuse as his body was basically letting him down. He became a very big part of a major panel on the Phil Donahue show in 1992. He claimed that his steroid use had stopped in 1989, but the damage was done. He also made uh, a wild accusation against Pat Patterson inappropriately grabbing a ring boy, um, an allegation that Graham later recanted and apologized for. Now, this was kind of a thing. Um, Former ring boy Tom Cole was outspoken about his treatment and did say in a 1999 interview that Patterson had grabbed his ass once. Um, he did downplay that, comparing it to Mel Phillips and executive Terry Garvin, who both left the company during the scandal and never returned. So Graham is basically just firing from the hip now. Um, in 1992, he would sue the World Wrestling Federation, Titan Sports, and George Sahorian, and seven drug manufacturers over the impacts of steroids on his health. Um, Graham's side, however, did go to the WWF and say they were willing to drop the suit for a large settlement. So the WWE was like, oh, well, no. Um, you are just all about the money, so we're going to go right at you. And it was nasty and ultimately it didn't really go anywhere because the statute of limitations and also the main issue and this is the the, the leg that the wwe kind of stood on in the, the whole steroids trial is that Graham's steroid use started in 1965 he didn't get to new york until the the early to mid 1970s and so it's tough and th this was kind of the case with a number of wrestlers right where it is probably factually correct that you needed to look a certain way um, to be the top guy 
or to, to get a push in the WWF, right? Like, it was easier for guys like Hulk Hogan and Warlord to get pushes to the top than it was for guys who were smaller then, you know? Like the, the Marty Jannetty's, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, those types of guys. It was more difficult to get there because you had to look a certain way. So there is no question the, the pressure that is put on, and part of it starts with the draw of superstar Billy Graham in the 1970s, where he just had to look awesome and talk really cool, and that got people in the door. And so that was kind of a light bulb, like, oh shit, let's just keep doing that. And so, yeah, you needed to look a certain way. I'm not going to look good on a wrestling poster, right? Like, I'm just not. Um, Average-looking guys aren't going to look great. Even, you know what? Average for pro athletes aren't going to, to catch people's eye on posters. You want someone who is going to be larger than life. How do you get to be larger than life? You shoot yourself up with a bunch of steroids and work out a bunch. And so, yeah, there's obviously, whether it was stated or not, pressure on these guys to use steroids. However... The WWE, who specifically was being sued, and specifically against Next Man being sued for pushing steroids on these guys, it's tough to say they were pushing them on them when Superstar was doing it a decade before. And other people were doing steroids a few years leading into their time in the, the WWE, uh, and sometimes WF. Um, so the, the lawsuit doesn't really go anywhere. The WWE used the, or the, the at the time WWF used the WWF magazine to then paint a negative portrayal of Graham and this is something I didn't know until I read the the post wrestling thing um it there was a rundown of Graham's answers from his deposition painting him as a a fraud and a questionable character the company said that they were going to do this profile attacking uh, on people attacking the company it ended with Graham they're just like yeah you know what fuck that guy <laughs> and so this was it's crazy to, to look at it now when you, you see, like, they would eventually kiss and make up, kind of. Um, but, like, this was someone who was so influential at a, a pretty important time in the WWF, not the time where Hulkamania is running wild and you get the, the rock and wrestling connection and it's Cindy Lauper and it's uh, Muhammad Ali is coming to events and you have Liberace at WrestleMania 1. Like, it's not that era. At that point, they're trying him as a color commentator. He's trying to be a kung fu dude. But... At a time where, like, they're selling out Madison Square Garden and sell out, sell out. And also, you had to be over the age of 14 to get in. So it's not like people are just bringing their kids and whatever. Like, there are a number of limitations. And this is a guy who is selling out Madison Square Garden. And then 20 years later, they're doing hit pieces on the guy in his mag in their magazine because the guy is doing a, law uh, a lawsuit that kind of on the outside appears to be a bit of a shakedown. Um, and so the, the relationship deteriorated and you have Billy Graham and also at the time Bruno Sammartino was not happy with the direction the company was going with some of their um, more offbeat things. That was a little bit later with Superstar, but, uh, or sorry, with Bruno Sammartino, but two extremely influential figures with the, the WWWF weren't really recognized by the company until the like early 2000s. Superstar Billy Graham did eventually make up with the WWE and was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. But you think about it, the, the guy retired, what was it, 88, 89? Um, and so, uh, what is that, 16 years? Right? Yeah. 16 years passed before this guy gets to, to get into the Hall of Fame. And part of that is they weren't doing a Hall of Fame every year, but it's a long gap 
between his retirement and finally getting recognized by the, the WWE for the legendary wrestling career that there was. But you can't talk about superstar Billy Graham and his impact on the professional wrestling industry without talking about the bad that, that also came out of it. And he's talked about the bad. He has come out specifically a lot and talked about the dangers of, of anabolic steroid use and the, the effects that it had on his body. And, and earlier this year, it really started to, to take a toll. He was admitted to hospital. Um, he had acute kidney problems. He had an infection that took away his hearing and entered his skull. He had severe weight loss. He had a bout with COVID. Um, his wife, uh, his fifth one, his fifth wife, Valerie contracted long COVID. Um, they had financial stretches because you're in and out of the hospital a ton. And then earlier this week, doctors advised Valerie that Graham should be taken off of life support. And after, um, and quoting post-wrestling now, after dozens of kickouts from near-death experiences, Graham wasn't making another comeback. Um, Valerie did refuse. How could she not? hold out for one last miracle for a man who produced so many with three decades of health ailments. But this week, Wednesday, May 17th, Eldridge Wayne Coleman passed away at the age of 79. Um, it, it is a remarkable career. And again, like there, there's positives and there's negatives to it, right? Like there's the, the guy said a lot of things that weren't great. Um, and again, like false accusations like that against Pat Patterson, not great. Um, but also, some truth to some of those things, right? Like, talking about um, steroid use and, and kind of pointing out all these guys who are using steroids. It's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Also, not entirely wrong. There was a Ring Boy scandal um, that rocked the WWF in the, the early 90s. Just not in the way that he was portraying it. Um, he has come out and admitted, like, yeah, my health was really bad. I was angry, and I was just firing off at everyone. And so that has kind of, that kind of put him in a negative light. And I think that kind of took away almost a decade of acknowledgments from him. You look at how the WWF is so fo or WWE, sorry, is so focused on some of its past now, and like that they still Hulk Hogan still gets trotted out. Um, for, for, for different shows. You have uh, Bruno San Martino is in the video game. Superstar isn't. And the, the WWE has really distanced themselves from him. It sounded like he did get a, another Legends contract in 2015. He didn't like the angle where Vince McMahon wrestled God, who among us did. Um, and so it's, it, it's a complicated legacy for Superstar Billy Graham. You, you can't really go over the good without the bad. And he had such an impact on the world of professional wrestling. But again, good and bad. And for, for someone to have this much of an impact, really based on like a five, six year run, and then it's just gone. It, it really is remarkable. Because you do think of it like when you just look at professional wrestling and kind of take out all the outside, calling it noise kind of, I think, glosses over some important details. But... You look at um, his impact on the world of professional wrestling. It, legend is the only word that can come to mind, right? Like selling out Madison Square Garden as many times as he did, beating Bruno San Martino, um, the, the feuds he would have uh, again with Ivan Koloff and with Dusty Rhodes, um, his time in Stampede Wrestling, his time in the AWA. That there's all of these things where he is an absolute legend of the industry of professional wrestling. But there's also a lot of bad that, that goes with it. And at the end of this, it's probably going to be 
a cautionary tale. And for what he was able to accomplish in the ring, that doesn't really feel like it... It, it doesn't feel like it's how it should be. And it feels like... Like, the, the, this should be a time to celebrate one of the, the great wrestling careers. And we did, to a certain extent here. But again, like I said, you cannot talk about the good without mentioning the bad. And there was a bunch of bad with, with Superstar Billy Graham. There was a whole lot of good with it as well. So, thank you very much for taking the, this journey with us through the Superstar Billy Graham life and times. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked this, let me know. Um, I think these types of profiles are important and wouldn't mind doing a few more of them in the future. So thank you all so much. Um, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much, and I will talk to you later. I'm out.